Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK, sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Now, from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. All right. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, boat, motorcycle, RV. These are pros, pros that are great people. Customer service means everything to them. It's what separates them. Customer service means everything to them. They'll save you money, make sure you're fully insured. They're the pros pros, all at the great people at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. All right, um, <clears throat> this will be a, unless there's something you want to jump in with. Nope, just getting prepped. Nope. <laughs> just getting prepped. All right, there you go. Sounds good. Uh, an interesting conversation with <clears throat> the my students in class this morning. And I was talking about, you know, stories and how to cover them and so forth and you know, sometimes there's a storyline either leading into a game or post-game that's obvious and you have to do it. So a lot of times you've got to look within the game, within the game to find it because your job is to do the best job you can to inform the listeners and maybe give them something they either hadn't thought of or whatever, you know, and you can do that. I said there are usually a lot of different stories within the game that you can point to. I said if it's an obvious story, you do the obvious story, that's fine. Right, uh, I said, but don't do a game story. I said, everybody already watched the game. They already watched the game. I don't need a game story. Uh, so then we started talking about analytics. Okay. And, that, and that's going to always be an interesting conversation in today's world. Analytics is important. Analytics is a part of sports. Math is a part of sports. Right. And you do need to um, take it into consideration whether you're covering a game or broadcasting a game. Now, so, Todd, how many stories have you written where analytics has become a part of the story in one form or another? I would say just because I cover a lot of high school stuff, not a lot. Not a lot. But okay. I would say the college, like the Penn State box score, SU, Bucknell, they all have – they all have different kinds of numbers than they used to have. If you if you need, you know, there's plus minus rating. There, there's very, uh, rebounding percentage on some of them. Things like that that wasn't on box scores when I first started. <laughs> right. No. Exactly. There's there's a lot more put into it than ever before. Uh, for example, we'll get a box score. It'll tell you how many fouls somebody's drawn. Fouls drawn. You're like, okay, never used to have that on a box score before, uh, and that happens. But I said, I said, you have to remember, I said, the use of analytics. I said, so let's, everybody, everybody's been talking about the Dan Campbell thing. Okay. 
So I said, let's take that as an example. Okay. All right. Analytics would say in that situation, let's take situation one. What would analytics tell you in that situation? I think fourth I, down, fourth go down for and it. three. Right. Go for it. Okay. And of course, he's been going for it all season long. It's a fourth and three. The field goal would have been what, 46 yards, maybe? 47 yards? I was going to say it's not as long as the second one. Right. But I don't remember the exact yardage. Right, whatever. It's going to be in the 40 to 49 range. We all know they're an indoor team. But the conditions that day were perfect. No wind. Yeah, you're playing on grass. And I think between 40 and 49, he had been 18 for his last 22. Now, whenever we've talked about the field goal, what have I always said? I've always said that doesn't mean he's going to make it. Right? Correct. I've always said that. Okay, so now let's get to the problem with those who are the deep believers of the religion of analytics. They presume two things on the fourth down play. What are the two things they presume? A, you'll make it. Right? And B, they presume you're going to get a touchdown. Really? Excuse me, over here in the back. Uh, you were presuming that by making this, you're going to get a touchdown? Uh, the very next play, you could fumble. The very next play, you could throw an interception. The very next play, you could get a first down. The very I mean, there's, there's a wide range of possibilities here, but they presume both. Okay? Now let's take into account, right, Feel for the game, and the analytics people hate when you bring that up. Oh, that's so to just just slow down, okay? It's okay. How many possessions were left in the game? There's seven minutes to go in the third quarter. Remember, Detroit did not get the ball to start the third quarter. San Francisco did, and San Francisco got a field goal. It's 24-10. Okay, if I kick the field goal there and say it is successful. I'm up three possessions. How many possessions are left in the game? Probably three. Yes, exactly. Which means the team you're playing has to be perfect on all three possessions. Oh, and by the way, you also get subsequent possessions, too, where you can either time-wise put the game away or you can score yourself, okay? But it's a combination of how much time's left, how many possessions are left, and what does scoring here mean? And it's something that I, and my favorite is, and the next-gen stats say that you have a 38% probability of making it. Recommendation, go. Wait a minute. You're telling me there's a 62% chance I don't make it. You're telling me to go? Oh, over here in the back. <laughs> Hold on a second. What? There's a 62% chance I don't make it. Now, are there certain moments where you've heard Jack Ham and I advocate going for it on fourth down? Okay, we do. 
right? We're looking at the situation. Again, how many possessions are remaining? Was it due to the situation? Are you behind at the time? There's a lot of things that come into play as to how you make a decision. Oh, and by the way, you got 40 seconds to make the decision. How many times in basketball have you heard Dick and I say, and I, and I do this, I'll say to Dick, Dick, there's four minutes left in the game. How many possessions do you think each team has remaining? Dick will say, maybe a total of six to eight remaining, three to four each. Right? Right? And that's, right? And that's how you're that's how you're looking at it. A team will score and make it a seven point game with like a minute and a half to go or whatever, and I'll say, quote, it's a three possession game. Because you have to think in terms of time, score, and number of possessions needed as to how you win a game. There are times, for example, where I've got the lead. And the worst thing that can happen to me is a live ball turnover, right? There are times in a game where there's five on the shot clock and I'm 40 feet from the bucket, I'm better off taking the ball and dumping it out of bounds. Why? The dead ball turnover. I can set my defense up. Instead of just firing up some 40-footer that's an air ball. Or trying to do something with it, and it gets picked off and goes the other way. You're better at throwing the ball out of bounds, because guess what? There's between the time and score, they don't have enough possessions to come back in the game. Now that's an odd way of doing it. You never see anybody do that. Nobody does that. Nobody on the planet does that, right? I'm taking the shot. The shot clock's at four. I'm like, I got it. Okay, I understand. I, too, would be taking the shot. I'm saying, but there are times where you're better off just saying, oh, the heck with this. Boom, I'm just going to drop the ball out of bounds. Right? There's only X amount of seconds left. We don't need to take that shot. Right? I'm just going to set the defense up. Now, nobody does that. I know I would do it if I – I would not do it if I were a player. I'd be like, okay. Yeah. But it's about time, score, Situation and number of possessions remaining. Those are all the things that are figured into something like this, right? I'm not presuming I'm going to make the field goal, but it does does it give me the best shot at that moment of going up three scores? Percentage wise, yes. Okay. Number two. Okay, analytics presumes that you'll make the first down, which then in turn analytics presumes you'll get a touchdown out of the drive. Mm, not necessarily. You could end up kicking a field goal anyway, <laughs> right? Well, it's fourth down and eight at the uh, 20-yard line. What, are you going to go for it then? No, you're going to kick a field goal, and it's the same result you would have before. Now, it's a closer field goal, better chance of making it, and you ran a little more time off the clock, too. That does come into play. But you can't presume a result, you can't. Just like I don't presume he's going to make the field goal, but I, you know, it's an NFL kicker. Most of them are pretty good from that distance. You know? But Tyler Bass, who's missing the Buffalo-Kansas City game that could have forced overtime, shows you it's not a sure thing either. But that's what I, that's what I always find fascinating. And those who are deep believers in analytics, deep believers in it, here's my problem with them. They're bullies. Right? Like, 
you're a dinosaur for thinking that way. I mean, they'll call you that. Like, what? Because I understand the game. Like, I understand time, score, situation, number of possessions remaining. Like, does that bother you that I think that way? I respect analytics. Why don't you respect feel for the game? I don't. Yeah, and I'll tell you, a guy that I think is a fabulous broadcaster, baseball, boxing, he's fabulous. I think he's an excellent baseball studio guy, and he's an excellent boxing guy. That's Brian Kenny. But when you talk to Brian, when you listen to Brian, I should, I've never talked to Brian Kenny before. When you listen to Brian Kenny talk about analytics. He'll bully people on the on the set about it. Like, Brian, it's okay to have a different opinion. There's a different there's a bunch of different ways to win the game. That's one of them. It's an interesting conversation to have. Because I think analytics are really important. And I've got analytics on my chart. Right? Like Iowa, for example, one point one two four points per possession. That's outstanding. But defensively, they're 1.034 defensive. That's not good. Okay, 1.034 is not a good number defensively. But I've got that on my chart. Right, their percentage of threes, twos, and free throws. Analytics. I've got that on my chart. Right. What's their? You know, I break down between what are they doing on the three-point line. And then what are their percentages on two-point shots? All right? That's on my chart. So I've got analytics on my chart that really give me a gauge as to what a team happens to be. But when it comes to situational calls, okay, it's always going to me come down to time, score, situation, and number of possessions remaining in the game that tell you what direction you probably should go in with it. Right? And so back to the Dan Campbell one, which has been often debated. We've talked about that, right? As the you know, the feeling in the moment. But there's a realist there's there's a realism to it in the end. I'm up fourteen. Maybe I don't trust my kicker. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. You'd have to ask him. How much do you trust Michael Badgley? Because he was not their kicker most of the season. Riley Patterson was. Uh, the, the kid that kicked at Memphis against Penn State in the Cotton Bowl, kicked five field goals. Right? He'd been the Lions kicker most of the season until he got hurt. So he hadn't been around. So maybe that enters into it. Maybe there was a lack of trust. But from a practical point of view in that game, I had a chance to go up three possessions and my opponent probably had a total of three possessions remaining in the game. Hmm. Hmm. Let me think here. See, and that's that's the part that, like, that's the part. I, I mean, have you seen anybody bring up the number of possessions remaining in the game? No. Of course not. Right. You got to be able to think your way through the game. You got to be. And this is what I was trying to impart to my class. I was trying to impart to them. I said, look, you have to really think the game out. I said, and don't be sheep and just jump in and go, oh, yeah, no, you should have done that. 
if you strongly believe that he should have gone for it, I said, fine, that is your opinion, and you are absolutely entitled to go out and explain why he was right to go for it. Nothing wrong with that at all. I said, but there is more than one way of looking at it. Right? I said, I said, and when you've done this a long time, you understand the concept of time, score, situation, number of possessions remaining. Where are we here? we got seven minutes to go in the third quarter. They probably have three possessions left. One more in the third quarter, two in the fourth quarter. Especially with the Lions, because the Lions run the football. The Lions are going to run some time off the clock running the ball. And the Lions are good at running the football. It's just a different way of looking at it. And there's more than one way to to win. More than one way to win. And it's not just by the numbers. So, all right. And by the way, numbers happen to be one of the ways you can win. No, I mean seriously. There's no there's no getting around it. That it's a that's one of the ways to win, right? Yeah. I mean, it's one of them. It's not the only way. It's like the analytics in baseball. The strikeout's like any other out. You've now lost me. Totally lost me. Your argument is is gone. I've got a runner on second, okay, with one out. Or I've got a runner on second, I'm sorry, with nobody out. Leadoff guy gets gets on either on base by a walk, steals second, or doubles. Okay, he doubles. So i got a leadoff guy in second. If I strike out, Where's the runner? Second. Okay. There's a wild pitch or a pass ball. Where's the runner? Third. If there's a fly ball to right field and the runner's on second, where's the runner? Second. Yep. If the ball's put in play to second base and he moves to third, what do I get on a pass ball or a wild pitch? A run. Right. What do I get on an error? A run. What do I get on a fly ball or right field that's deep enough? A run. Exactly. Strikeouts not like any other route. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Okay. Of late, have you um, covered any? Shikalimi games where you were sitting near the suit? I have not. Not since the Shik Seelens Grove game the other a uh, couple weeks ago. Who I'm guessing it will be districts or uh the hack tournament if they're there. The hack tournament? P hack tournament. I don't I mean if Kevin's there. Shik's not gonna be there. <laughs> okay. Um You usually seem to get a lot of good info from Dave. Yeah. Okay. So, we'll leave it at that. Okay. Ah, Super Bowl week's always a fun week, but I want to give college basketball a lot of credit. They took the dead weekend of football, okay, and they gave us Houston, Kansas, Purdue, Wisconsin, Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, Tennessee. They gave us great matchups. Oh, Gonzaga, St. Mary's. He gave us great matchups all weekend, weekend long. 
That's what college basketball need, needed to do. Where people were talking about, wow, Kansas, a home underdog, wins over. And not only that, Houston's the number one defensive team statistically in the country. They took them apart. They shot 70% from the field. Phenomenal. Duke, North Carolina was a fun game to watch. North Carolina really controlled it, kept it like an 8-12 to 12 point game most of the second half. Terrific, all right? Uh, we talked about Tennessee, Kentucky. The Purdue-Wisconsin game was a close game at Madison. Uh, and, and then Gonzaga jumped out to an early lead at home at the Kennel. And St. Mary's came back. I did not see the second half. I mean, at that point, I went to sleep. It was, I mean, Saturday, I did a game and traveled back. So, like, I started nodding off with about, I don't know, 10 minutes going in the first half. But get, but St. Mary's came back, won the game. It was a big win for them. They put themselves in a great position to be the number one seed in the West Coast Conference tournament after a win like that. Same thing happened to me. I don't. Th- I didn't make it to the second half of that one either. <laughs> As happens, it starts at ten thirty at night Eastern time. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio ten seventy WKOK, sponsored by Prudy Insurance. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show is brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street and Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, boat, RV. Could be bundles. But they'll do everything they can to make sure you're fully insured and save you money wherever they can. Because they're the pros' pros. They're just really good people that happen to be outstanding at their jobs. And customer service means everything to them. At Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. It is Super Bowl week. I guess, is tonight the night they do all the... I think media the media stuff is tonight, yes. Tonight, yeah. And, of course, Roger Goodell's meeting with the media today, but that's invitation only. That's really strange. I don't know. I mean, do I want Hank Azaria there asking questions? No. <laughs> okay. I mean, I mean well, kidding me, because you go to Super Bowl media yeah. day with the players. Oh, it is an interesting scene. There are people like, Really? Really? You're you're going to ask questions, and there's some bizarre questions. It's an hour of their lives they never get back. Like holy mackerel. Okay, um, but that's okay. Uh, but it's uh, invitation only for the commissioner of the NFL. Um, Penn State wrestling, no problem with Ohio State. One twenty-eight to nine. They won eight out of the ten bouts, which was great. Um, although there was one surprise in all of this. And the surprise uh, was with somebody who um, you expect down the road big things from. 
and ended up getting pinned. Uh, and that was that was the surprise in all this because Bernie Truax was uh, pinned at 184. Like, ooh, okay. Now, is that going to happen? Sure, it's going to happen um, along the way. Um, and Truax early was going along pretty well. I mean, he's up 6-1. to one. Okay, and then he made a mistake. Okay? I mean, he was up as much as 9-3, to three, but he gave him an escape, scramble. They controlled Truax's arm, and guess what? He got forced to the to his back and got pinned. That'll be a learning ex- learning for him. That is a learning experience for him. And then, then uh, Penn State also lost at one thirty three, but everything else they won. Now next up, Penn State's got Iowa Friday night at nine, and that's on Big Ten Network. I watched a little bit of the Iowa Michigan dual meet, maybe ten minutes of it. Um, I was taken aback a bit by how dominant Michigan was. I mean, Michigan took them apart. I don't know if you saw that at all, Todd, but Michigan took them apart. I saw the score. I saw the dual meet score. I didn't see any of the meat, but yeah, it's that's it's does not happen often to the Hawkeyes. Well, no, it doesn't happen. I mean, the only one that does that usually is Penn, Penn State, State. <laughs> uh, that does it. But they, it was one of those, they went to Ann Arbor, and in Ann Arbor, I mean, 24 to 11? I mean, Michigan came out and won the first five weights. So I'm sitting there like going, you've got to be kidding me, really? Um and I mean, later on they did okay. I mean, they won a couple late, but Michigan ended up winning seven of the ten matches. Yikes! That again, that sounds like Penn State numbers against them. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, so Penn State's got Iowa coming up on Friday. But they're going to have to wrestle it. I, I, one guy I want to give credit to is a veteran. He's a national champion. The whole thing is Aaron Brooks. Aaron Brooks has gone from 184 to 197. I don't care what anybody says. That is an adjustment to make at wrestling, a, not just at a at a different weight, but also a different set of opponents. Now, maybe some other people have moved up as well, right, which will happen during the course of the year. But uh, he's changed weight classes, for the most part, there's a different set of opponents, and guess what? He's still winning. It's, you know, Aaron Brooks deserves a lot of credit for what he's done to this point. He's just really, you know, he's really good to begin with, but when you're going against an all-new set and you're still winning, that's pretty impressive. Just with the straight difference between going up 15 pounds. Absolutely. And uh, and he's done it, and not only that, he's done it with a semblance of relative ease. It's not easy, but it feels like a relative ease the way he does it. Uh, and you know that's uh, that's that's credit to him. But they're rolling along. They won twenty-eight to nine. 
good, solid wins over Ohio State. Ohio State wrestled hard. I thought they wrestled hard. So did, obviously Penn State did too, but they wrestled hard. Um, and that was a good win for Penn State. And then you see what Michigan did to Iowa, winning 7 out of 10. So Penn State's got Iowa at Carver-Hawkeye on Friday. That's at 9 o'clock. And then Monday night, week from tonight, Rutgers in the Jordan Center. That'll be the Jordan Center duel a week from tonight with Rutgers. So, Monday's kind of an odd night. I don't know why. Uh, that's that's one I, I can't... I'm not sure why, Todd. Somebody would have to explain that to me. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, now, I know you've got... That gives you space between Iowa and getting back from Iowa. Yeah. And then playing uh, wrestling on a Monday. Uh, and I know the Jordan Center, for example, men's basketball is already set for Wednesday uh, with Michigan State in there on the 14th. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I remember when it came out, I thought, wow, Monday night. But that, that was unusual. Now, maybe it's just because of the placement of the schedule, the placement of where they needed Iowa, where maybe TV needed Iowa. It's normally right around that weekend. It normally draws their highest regular season numbers. They usually get between two hundred and 350,000 viewers for it, which is terrific. Um, uh so I don't know. That could all figure into it. That's something I would have to ask somebody. It's going to be that'll be interesting. So that's what they have coming up this weekend. Number one team in the country. They wrestle like the number one team in the country. Yeah. You know, remember every single matchup that each one of these guys goes into that they're wearing a Penn State singlet. You might as well just put a bullseye, a target on them because they're Penn State. So it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter whether you're Carter Storacci or Aaron Brooks or you're Bernie Truax. You're going out there with Penn State on your single, which means you're going to get the best from your opponent. You're going to get the best from your opponent. They're one of those programs that, you know, you, you, you say that, and it it's it's amazing to me that they don't have ever have a lot of slip ups. You know what I mean? Nobody gets. You'd think that you know taking everybody's best shot that you would you would endure an upset or two once in a while, and it just doesn't doesn't seem to happen to them. Yeah, and and wrestling is not one of those sports unless unless you're somebody that's an unranked wrestler. If you're an unranked wrestler, you're probably five points down when you walk on the mat. But for the other guys that are ranked, and, you know, I'm ranked 5th or I'm ranked 7th or 8th or 10th or 11th, you're walking out there with, like, okay, I'm going to show this. You know what I mean? I mean the unranked wrestler goes out there, like, hoping. Okay? The ranked wrestler goes out there saying, yeah, this is my night. I'm going to show everybody. And, you know, I mean, that's why, for example, um, I was talking about Kentucky losing back-to-back games at home. This is one of those times where – Kentucky always had that aura at Rupp Arena, right, where the team that's walking in is already five to eight points down before they even start. 
and now that aura is gone. So one thing about Penn State wrestling, A, the aura is not gone. It's only been enhanced. And B, you're getting everybody's best shot. You're getting everybody's best shot. Every time through, and they still win. Pretty impressive. I, I always talk a lot about that with uh, Coach Roth out at Southern Columbia too, because they obviously go through the go through the same deal almost every week. Right. Well, exactly right. Because when Southern Columbia plays, it is the Super Bowl to the team they're playing. Yes. Whether it's the state championship game or it's a game in September, that opponent for them, this is their moment. Like I, I believe, what Berwick beat them this year? Does that sound right? No, Mount Carmel. No, Mount, Mount Carmel. Mount Carmel beat them this year. Oh, for Mount Carmel, that was like, whoa. I and mean, then I think they played again in the playoff, right? Yeah, Mount Car- uh, Yeah, Southern shut them out. Right. Okay, so they got a second chance at them and won. But for Mount Carmel to win that game, I mean, you don't think that, you know, it was it was one of those Friday nights where everybody's like, yeah, okay. You know, it felt like they won the whole thing. I'm pretty sure it was like that. <laughs> right, exactly. And and I completely understand why. Because you beat somebody that is that consistently good. Well, that's the same thing with Penn State wrestling. They're getting everybody's best shot over and over and over. And every time Penn State goes on the road, it's the largest crowds. It's the largest crowds when they go on the road. I mean, look, like Northwestern wrestles at Purdue. I mean, how big's the crowd? I mean, come on. Let's be, let's let's get real here, okay? Let's see. I was gonna say it's not ten thousand. No, it's, it's not probably even, not. I was probably not even five. No, it's not one? even close. One. Let's just look here. Just see if they've got it here. Wrestling schedule, okay? So Purdue is five and eight overall. They've lost five in a row. All right, maybe not the best example, but still. Um. Let's see. When they wrestled, I was at Nebraska, at Indiana, okay, Wisconsin. They were just wrestled Wisconsin. Recap. Let's just see for the heck of it. Um, they may not have a... Uh, it doesn't say the attendance. Of course it doesn't. That's always funny to me that there's attendance on, like, Division Three basketball box scores. Mm-hmm. And they'll they'll put the twenty two people down. Yeah, not uh, name not name by name, just the number twenty two. Right? No, I know. No, I know. No, I know. It's um, ding 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 ding. Well, let's look at let's just for the heck of it, see if okay, Wisconsin. Right? Let's see if they listed as to what the attendance was. No, no, I mean, in all seriousness, I mean, because this would be like, okay, a middle of the road. Yeah. Right? Because like, Penn State sells out everywhere. Penn State sells out everywhere. Um, now, picking Purdue, Iowa, you'd get a big crowd for that. Um, sports, wrestling, schedule. Let's see. Just for the heck of it. And I don't know if they'll be on here either. Okay, so at Purdue, okay, at Holloway Gym. No, I don't want that. 
leave, get out of there. Uh, it might be the same recap. Ding, 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 ding. Swept the duel, swept the duel, swept the duel. See, that list attendance. Well, there's probably a good reason for that. Uh, there probably is. I mean, it's not like I look at the, the, um, I look at the um, picture of the duel. And they're showing Rosenfeld all over Ruhlman, and there are people in the background. Um, it doesn't list what the attendance happens to be. I don't know why, but they don't. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, no offense, but that's simple. It should be it should be put down no matter what. Okay. I mean, here it is. I I found it. You know what the attendance was? Eight hundred. Too high. Oh. Five hundred? Too high. Two fifty. Four hundred thirty-eight. <laughs> uh. Four hundred thirty-eight. Okay? That was the attendance for Wisconsin wrestling at Purdue. Okay. Um, let's see. Wisconsin wrestled Northwestern before that, and won thirty to twelve at home. Okay, so it says here one thousand five hundred thirty-three, and Wisconsin's ranked twenty-third in the country. Well. They had two dual meets, and between the two of them, they had a total of 2,000 fans. Okay? Penn State sells out everything at Rec Hall, so 6,800-whatever against Ohio State. They're going to go to Iowa. It's going to be 15-5, right? And then you go from there. Um, Let me see. Iowa. Iowa wrestled, lost in Ann Arbor, ding, 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 ding. Then it was the attendance at Cliff Keen. I'm sure it was, I'm sure it was high. Let's see. Uh, Who's the last time they wrestled at home? Uh, let's see. Last time wrestled at home at Northwestern, at Michigan, at Boyd. They've been on the road a lot. Jeez. Purdue. Minnesota. Let's take Minnesota. That'd be a good one. Okay, let's go there. Um, yeah, fourteen thousand eight hundred forty-seven. See, uh, when they wrestled, that was that was Minnesota. When they wrestled Purdue, something tells me it's going to be fourteen. That fourteen thousand eight forty-seven. <laughs> so in other words, every single seat is sold. Right. What's interesting is women's basketball is the same way. With the Caitlin Clark effect on women's basketball, everything they do is sold out. I believe all their and Penn State plays there on Thursday night this week. Uh, yeah, they play there Thursday night this week. Um, and Iowa's number two right now in the. Okay, so you look at their attendance. Let's look at the season stats. Their attendance, right? Um, 
Nebraska fourteen nine ninety eight sellout. Wisconsin for they're all fourteen nine ninety eight. They're all sold out. Okay. The Caitlin Clark effect is they go on the road. Rutgers eight thousand. That's a sellout. At Northwestern seven thousand. That's a sellout. See, that's the Caitlin Clark effect. Now you look at the men's basketball stats. Okay, here's the men's basketball stats, just to tell you about what it has meant to this point. Okay. Men's basketball at Iowa isn't even close. I think they're averaging a little bit more than 9,000 a game. They're getting 5,000 fewer fans per game than the women are right now. Um, uh, come here, stats. Ding, 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 ding. And PDF. There we go. Good enough. They are averaging... I was right, 9,712 a game. They're averaging 4,000, almost 5,000 fewer fans per game for men's basketball than women's basketball. Now, it's not like they haven't gone on the road and drawn. They went to Indiana 17,222, at Wisconsin 15,700. You know, when they go on the road, but at home, no. Now, they've also had some games at home where you went, huh, Okay, North Dakota, can't wait to see it, 7,600. Alabama State, can't wait to see 8,800. But that's the Caitlin Clark effect that they've had. Wrestling is sold out. Women's basketball is sold out. Men's basketball at Iowa is not. And they also don't get a lot of Saturday games either, which is another killer for them at this point. Star power and sport power. Wrestling in in Iowa, sport power. Caitlin Clark effect, star power. It's amazing, isn't it? It is. All right, wrap it up in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK.